this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. Here we are. Another episode. What is this? Episode eight now? Jeez, I, I I've stopped keeping track. I, I lost track after episode four, so I mean anything after that is just kind of bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It it all go becomes a blur. I mean, like once a week when we first started it sounded like wow, that's that's pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um and then you go, Oh, that's not that big of a deal, and then it just becomes something that just blurs past. You're like, Oh, we're doing another week already? I yeah. feel like I feel like we just recorded the last one, to be honest. Yeah, and I think it's probably because of my erratic and insane work schedule, where we it's not a, a it's not an exact seven days every time we record, so it seems even more kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Like we typically decide on when we're going to record the podcast, either the day before or the day of. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, we're not sense. we're not on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, considering what both of our calendars look like, it's it seems like that's the only way it'd be possible for us to even do this. You know. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's kind of weird. I will say with this um, boom arm that I've added, it is kind of strange because now the microphone is dead in front of my face at all times. I'm literally looking through it to see the screen. Huh, that's funny. I, I imagine in a few weeks it might get to the point where you've got some kind of back harness and you're just wearing it on your back all the time. <laughs> well, I think what's good about this is I um, it's very apparent in the last episode that I turned my head a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just because the microphone was not as present, so uh, I would forget and become unaware that the microphone was still there. So maybe having this in front of my face as a constant reminder. Plus, I'm sitting perfectly 
the way you're supposed to in my chair, so I don't imagine moving much. Sure. In other words, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a part of me that thinks that this is going to be at least at least from the subject matter perspective and from what's been going on in the last week of my life that this would be kind of a weird one. <laughs> they're uh, all weird, I'd think. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all weird, and I guess it's nice that they're all weird in their own way. So they're all at least unique. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, I've I've got a. I'm in a really strange state of mind, man. <laughs> well, you just got off the phone with AT&T, so I can't imagine that was a, a good time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it. I mean, it also made me realize that, you know, I'm making life decisions with all of my bills. You know what I mean? Um, and the other side of that is just, you know, um, clicking OK on the uh, the invite to, to Sarah's moving party um, and then watching a bunch of other friends who have moved out of the area make the choices they've made, like... There's a really strong part of me that's had the intention of moving away from the Bay Area for some time. Um, and just watching this this procession of people that we care about leave the city just because of how expensive it's gotten is starting to really get me thinking about the possibility of, of, of leaving the area. Um, not because I want to, but because at some point I'm just priced out, you know what I mean? And I don't want to make life decisions at a gas pump or at a restaurant. You know, I want to I want to be able to live comfortably and that's tough around here. Yeah, it's a strange, a strange decision to have to make. Where I think it's coming, it's coming from at least two directions. Because I definitely feel um, similarly. Um, I, I believe it's coming from the direction of first of all, everybody's leaving. So you're like, well, if I stay here, am I going to be the only one that's left? And sure. then what am I going to do? But then there's also the side of you that's like, oh, moving and going somewhere else and starting, and, and, and like the whole idea of like starting new which is exciting but also very scary sure but moving somewhere where you already know people like is that really starting fresh there's so much complexity to the decision sure and i i mean i've gone through it i i don't i don't know that i mean a lot of our friends are moving to portland i have a few that are moving to washington yeah. i don't know that either of those states are for me that's like not enough sunshine i agree i i am like today it's it rained earlier now it's kind of now it's kind of cloudy bright and uh i'm not happy i'm not a happy camper i am a solar powered human being i'm not yeah. it's funny because you know crystal has the same thing like she definitely does have you know i didn't really believe in the whole uh, season seasonal affective disorder thing um you know until i really kind of got a chance to see my cousin and crystal go through it um in the sense that like when the sun goes away certain people just get really just more sad i mean it's just a general way of being you know what i mean yeah and my experience with it is um the sadness comes from it it's essentially what happens to your body so your body becomes slower your body is less reactive it's less raring to go and of mm -hmm. course that affects your psychological state i've sure. gotten to a point where i don't let it affect me too much mm -hmm. but it definitely makes doing anything anything difficult yesterday and today i've had a very difficult time vlogging because um there's not enough sun so my brain's not working sure uh, i'm pumping some coffee in right now hoping that i can muster up enough energy for this podcast to be interesting <laughs> Do you find yourself to be? Oh, I think I think it's funny because the ones where we end up saying that in the beginning are the ones that typically end up being the most interesting podcasts. Um, it's like the break a break a leg thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, do you find yourself, and maybe this is just me and 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 the whole sluggishness thing that you're talking about, but I find myself to being 
much more introspective um, and much more nostalgic during the winter during the winter months. Do you find that to be the same for you as well? Absolutely. I used to um, write in notebooks when I was in my uh, like freshman year of college. I have like a bunch of notebooks from then, and multiple times is written that the clouds are full of ghosts. Uh, and and it, yeah, it feels like the cloudy days are full of the past. It's full of and not necessarily in a bad way, but mm-hmm. nostalgia is the right word. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel I feel almost haunted by by the cold. You know what I mean? Um, whenever, whenever I definitely feel that that sensation of ghosts that you're talking about just lingering in the clouds. Like there's there's definitely a part of me that feels uh, uh, that the world is more ominous when when the sun is not out. Um, and maybe that's that's built into our biology. You know, maybe we're we're creatures of our biology more than we realize. But there's definitely a sense of dreariness that that becomes all inclusive um, when the sun goes away. It's weird. I definitely think there's a biological aspect to it, but I also question whether, to some degree, there's a sociocultural um, cause behind it. You know, like we've grown up watching movies and TV shows where what day does a funeral happen in every cliched movie? A rainy day. Sure. You know, all, all, of, these, all of these associations are fed into us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and I wonder where the barrier between those two, like how much of it is physical and how much of it is training, propaganda, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it, it it brings it 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 weirdly segues into to one of the books I wanted to talk about this week, um, which is kind of one of the more um, it's it's a book called The Strain by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan, and it's about. Uh, vampires, but it's a very interesting twist on how vampires became what they were. Um, and so there's there's definitely there's definitely a through line in the book that kind of tells us that we've always kind of known that vampires were they what they were. So we're afraid of certain things because it's built into our bi- our biology. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting. I think it got converted into a pretty bad TV show um, just recently. But the book itself is pretty interesting. It's not the most well written book in the world, but conceptually, I think it's really interesting, um, especially considering that you know the 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 medium of vampires is so oversaturated with with both very very good and very very bad. Um, to hear someone actually pull off a new twist in it. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, you're reminding me of something, and I can't place what it is, which is unfortunate. But there's another either book or it had to be a book um, where the idea of something being associated, those associations being born into us because of, I think it, I think it was about devils, though, not vampires. It sure. may have been um, it, it may have been Arthur C. Clarke's um, Childhood's End mm. but, um, because the aliens in that look like devils and they had come... At a previous time in in human history, so the associations were created. It's hard to to remember, to be honest. But I love that idea of uh, something being introduced to humankind at such a developmental stage mm-hmm. that we've, you know, lost the association with it, and we're only stuck with the emotional implications of it. Because I think that's true in many many aspects. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I mean, how how do you think? How do you think our, our our sense of mortality is affected by that? Like, I mean, I find myself, and maybe I know it's because it's partially because I'm getting older, but you know, as of the last couple of months, I've been thinking about my 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 life and my death actually more specifically um, more often than than I feel like I I would um, at an earlier age. A lot of that too is because a lot of our our heroes are dying. Like the the, the fact that Prince is dead now is just 
brutal to me on so many levels. Like we lost Prince and Bowie all within you know uh, the same calendar year, and that's just terrifying. It's it's ridiculous. Like to I mean, you think about all the people, not even just musicians. I mean, we lost Lou Reed as well a few years ago. Um, all these iconic people, um, Lemmy from Motorhead, who whether you liked his music or not, was mm-hmm. a persona that um, everyone was familiar with. But you look at all the people that are going, and it's pretty much everybody that was considered a god mm-hmm. when we were growing up. Sure. And then at the same time, conceptualize the fact that Keith Richards and Mick Jagger are still <laughs> alive. Yeah, seriously. It's, they, it's insane to me. <laughs> they filled that spot that these people who are dying now filled for us. They filled that for the generation before us. Jeez. And yeah, they're I, still here. <laughs> part of me thinks that those guys are just immortal. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's tough because I, I, I look at a guy like, I, you know, like Alan Rickman, for example, who who is also a part of that cadre of people who have left us, um, you know, or Robin Williams and... You know, I wonder, I, I think to myself in previous generations how, how how people saw their heroes die and just kind of lost a little bit of faith in the universe. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm starting to, I have that feeling this year. Um, you know, so many of my my heroes, and, and, and this is not in passing like a lot of people. Like, you know, a lot of people who, who quote unquote, mourn the death of Bowie didn't know anything about Bowie, didn't know anything about Robin Williams, didn't know anything about, um, you know, um, Rickman or any of these other guys, but I mean, I, I, these guys are definitely actually heroes to me. So to see them go is just very strange, you know? And I think 